Blog Talk Radio. God is my
God, we're grateful because if it had not been for you, we would not be here. We opened our eyes this morning, God, because you gave us the strength to open our eyes. We were able to rise because you gave us strength in our limbs and the facilities of our body. We were able to get here, God, because you blessed us and brought us the way of safety and did not allow harm to come to us, Lord. We're grateful to again come into your presence because we know where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And as we come before you today, have your way, Lord. Let flesh be crucified that you might be glorified, that your people might be edified in the name of Jesus. For God in you is life. And that's what we seek, God. Life. Eternal life, God. We pray, O oh God, today that you will touch every person that have come seeking you, Lord. Bind the hand of the devil, God. Rebuke the hand of the enemy, Lord. God, let your anointing that resonates in this place even now. God, let there be an outpouring on your people. We need you, God, to take us to another level in you, Lord. God, we're faced with demonic forces, God. Evil spirits have come up against us, Lord, and we need to be fortified with your power. God, we can't make it on our own strength, God. We don't have enough to stand on, Lord. But we know, God, that your joy is our strength. Fill us up on today in the name of Jesus. Somebody have come this morning burdened down, God, with the issues of life, God. Somebody, God, is in the battle of their life. Somebody's, God, fighting in their mind and in their spirit, Lord. Where the devil have come in to war against them, Lord. But we thank you, God, because we know greater are you that's within us than he that is within this world, God. We know, God, that you are a deliverer, Lord, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you're no short of your promise, Lord, and you're able to deliver us, Lord. Touch us on today, Lord. We need you like never before. Fill us up with the Holy Ghost, God, and give us a refilling, Lord, that when we leave here today, Lord, huh? we can leave with your anointing, Lord, huh? that as we meet men and women, boys and girls, huh? they might be converted to know who you are, Lord. Huh? In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Huh? We thank you because you are a healer. Huh? You're the God that healeth thee, huh? and healing is in your wings, huh? and you're able to touch our feeble bodies. Huh? You're able to save our troubled souls, huh? and in the name of Jesus, huh? bind every demon, Lord, huh? every demonic force, Lord. Huh? God, that comes to keep us uh, in the same place, Lord. Uh, we're willing, God, to surrender uh, and say yes to your will, Lord. Uh, we're willing to turn our lives, God, uh, over into your hands, Lord, uh, because we come to the place, God, uh, where we realize like never before, uh, we need you, Jesus. Uh, more than anything we know, uh, we need you, Jesus. Uh, while men are trying to find, God, uh, solutions to this chaotic world, God, uh, we're looking to you. 
you, Lord, because we know for every right desire, there is an answer. And Jesus, you're that answer. There's no need for us, God, to turn hither or thither, Lord. We need but to look for you, Lord, because you're the answer, God, for our troubled lives, Lord. Touch on the day, God. Break every yoke, oh God. Save on the day, God. Deliver on the day, God. Jesus, we need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We're crying out to you, Lord. We know that you're able to save our souls. We know that you're able, God, to heal our bodies, Jesus. We know that you're able, God, to turn our situations around. Jesus, no other help we know. No other help we know. No other help we know, God. You're able, Jesus, to deliver our children. You're able, Jesus, to save the unsaved husband. You're able, Jesus, to heal the cancer patient. Nothing too hard for you, Jesus. No other God we know. We know that you're able, Jesus. We know that you're able, Jesus. We say yes to your will, God. Yes to your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. And we'll thank you for it. And we'll give your name the praise. And we'll bless you, Lord. Yes, we thank you, Lord. And we bless your holy name. Come on, open your mouth and give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We thank God for another uh, Wednesday morning. This is a brand new Wednesday that we've never seen before. And we are grateful unto Almighty God that he blessed us once again to wake up closing our right minds with the use and activity of our limbs, our life, our health, and our strength this morning. Without him, we couldn't do it. We wouldn't be here. So we thank him. We thank him. We give him glory. We give him the honor and all the praise today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. And so we are moving right along this morning, and uh, uh, we are going to remain in the um, in the book of Exodus. But this morning I have uh, some stuff going on, so um, we're going to take a listen to Bishop Noah Jones. I'm still in his hands is the title this morning. I'm still in his hands. So we're going to listen to that, and uh, while we prepare for that, I'm going to uh, one more song of the morning I had anticipated being this busy, and I think I had another appointment today, but it's okay. It's okay in Jesus' name. I know I have one tomorrow, um, and uh, it is, I'm just getting things done. I need to get done is all, and uh, I can't be out there and in here at the same time, so I have to do one thing at a time, so we thank God this morning, and again, welcome to Jesus in the Morning. I'm your host, Evangelist Barbara Pittman. And uh, the real people evangelists. And uh, I come to you each weekday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And today is May the 17th, 2023. And so we are five months and 17 days into this new year. And so we thank God. We thank God. So listen, we're going to one more song of the morning. And uh, when we come back, uh, we'll come back. 
hoping it was Bishop Noah Jones. Y'all bear with me. I got to look at some things, guys. All right, let's go to this one. This is a request. 50 over 50 years, the sensational Nightingales from been proclaiming our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All that time I wasn't living the life I was singing about. I was playing church, saying, Lord, Lord, from my lips, but my heart was far from God. We can fool man sometimes, but we can't fool God no time. It is indeed time out for playing church. Mother told me, said, son, don't you play with God like that. It's too dangerous. Then mother says something to me. I never will forget it as long as I live. Mother will look at me straight in the eye. She says, son, listen, don't you know you can sing a lie just as well as you can tell one? Time out for playing church. I laid my hands on mother's forehead in the castle. Spoke to her spirit. I said, Mother, I'm going to be at that meeting one of these days and see you and greet you. There's going to be a great meeting, and I want to be at the meeting. Hallelujah.
Sensational Nightingale. I want to be at the meeting. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, Brother Louis. Good morning. God bless you, sir. And I'm glad to have you back. Glad to have you back. He had a few minutes. He's got some appointments today he's got to do. And so he got a few minutes. So he ran back over here. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, uh, we were talking about uh, Exodus all this week. We, we, we're talking about Exodus and uh, what happened and, you know, how everything got started and things like that. So uh, God gave us a list of the children of Israel and uh, the different tribes and everything, and he went on to share that Joseph had died and all of this, a new king took over and who didn't know Joseph or his family. And the Hebrew people, the children of Israel, they was multiplying so fast. The king told us that the midwives to kill the boys and leave the girls. And uh, they couldn't do it. They, was, they feared God. 
And so because they feared God, God gave them children and gave them a family. He didn't destroy them. And Moses' mom gave birth to him and hid him. And she could hide him no longer, so she made a basket and uh, put him in the basket, sent him down the river, Pharaoh's daughter got him. And uh, many of us know about this already. So it's come that from that to, to, to Moses killing one of the Egyptians and leaving and starting a family. And now he worked and stayed with his father-in-law, Jethro. And he was going on the backside of the mountain to gather the sheep. Well, I should say the, the livestock. And <laughs> the angel of the Lord had a bush burning. And Moses saw it, and first he couldn't believe it, but he went on up there. God told him to take his shoes off, hold the ground, told him what he wanted him to do. Moses fussing with God in a, in a way to me, because he telling him, no, I, I can't do that. Now, this is the one that made you, and I have all power. And Moses going backwards and forward, but God eventually got him to understand. So he went to obey God, and one thing led to another, and Pharaoh said no. He told him to let my people go out in the wilderness and, you know, sacrifice unto me, worship me. No, 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 Pharaoh wouldn't go because, wouldn't let him go because God would harden his heart. And so as it ended up, God would send plague after plague. And no matter what, Pharaoh just wasn't going to let them go. But he, he God yet have another plan and he continues to demonstrate his power. God have all power. Pharaoh tried to get the, magi the magicians and the soothsayers to come and do what God showed, told Aaron and Moses to do. Show him different plagues. But they couldn't copy that. They couldn't duplicate uh, what God had sent Aaron and Moses to show. Hallelujah. And so it's coming on, it's coming on. But we're going to uh, take a listen this morning to uh, Bishop Noah Jones. I have to do some things, and I can't do this and that, in other words. And uh, we're going to uh, take a listen to him and be in prayer that we remember Exodus when we come back. Yeah, we want to remember Exodus and the things that God showed Pharaoh. And, and we want to remember God can harden our hearts. Oh, yes, he can. He's that kind of God. Yeah, he's got that kind of power. And so we don't want, when it comes to us, we do not want God to harden his heart. But we want him to open up to us and bless us real good, and uh, we obey him, we obey him at any cost, and uh, we're just thankful this morning that we can go boldly before the throne of grace and make our petition unto Almighty God who have all the power. There is no higher power, and I'm thankful this morning uh, unto Almighty God that I know this for myself. See, some people don't know what to do. Uh, they need to go to the pastor. 
for every little thing, it, no, no matter what it is, I, I got to go ask pastor. Uh, I got to call this one. I got to do this and I got to do that. But when you know him for yourself and you have learned how to trust him, you, you, you don't have to go nowhere. Uh-uh. Not anywhere, but on your knees in your prayer closet, telling God all about it, mm -hmm. and having the patience to wait on him. Yeah. Learn how to trust him. Because I'm telling you, he's the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. And so... If we go to him about every little thing, it's already all right. It is already all right. It's done. But we just got to learn to go to him and walk away. Yeah. Go to God in prayer and walk away. Yeah. Because if we could do something about it, we would. But the only thing we can do is worry over it. Yeah, and it's some heavy burdens sometimes come our way. A losing a loved one, sometimes losing a job, that's a heavy burden. Especially we're not sure if we're able to get another job because this, that, and the other, but by faith. We got to really believe God. We got to really trust God. We got to really have the patience to wait on him. I'm, I'm getting uh, Bishop Noah Jones in here. That's why I'm still talking. <laughs> I'm bringing him in. But uh, God is faithful to us over and over again. And in spite of us, because a lot of times we don't do him right. We don't do each other right. We don't do family members right. God know all of this. But yet he looked beyond fault and yet meet our needs because he could so cut us off and say, I had enough of these people. Enough is enough. No more. No more. But this is not what he does. He constantly blesses us. Wake us up each morning. Things are not going all the way the way that we want them to go, but he yet bless us, bless our children, our home situation. He yet open doors. He yet make ways for us. Yeah. And I just believe in giving him my all. All that I can give to him of me. There are things I believe I had to give up. I see a lot of entertainment in the church and I, I, a lot of entertainment I had to give up. But a word, I don't, I don't want to be entertained. I want to be taught how to grow in his word and in him, in the spirit of God. I want to grow. I don't want to just sit down and this is it. And I go to church every Sunday and get the entertainment and because you got too many people teaching against God. It sounds like they're teaching God, but no, they're teaching against him. They are teaching folks to do what is not pleasing and acceptable unto him. And we always must remember that. Whatever we do, it must be pleasing to God and it must be what he can accept. Yeah, hallelujah. And it's all right today in Jesus' name. I'm grateful unto him 
that he's on our side this morning in spite of us. Look at this. A holy God, a loving, kind, and merciful God. Yet a God that means what he says and says what he means. He so loves us, he looks beyond our fault and yet meets our needs. Look at that. Look at that. I'm not doing what's pleasing and acceptable unto him. I'm connected to all kind of different stuff, politics, or what this one said in a book, what that one said on TV. But what? What did the Holy Bible say? What did the scriptures say? We'd rather go to man and get it from man because we, we, we sometimes we are lazy people. We don't want to get it and get it for ourselves. We don't want to get deep in prayer, as I call it, and then don't go in there asking God for what you truth, telling him what the truth is. Because that's the only way he's going to really do anything. We've got to be truthful with him. Truthful. And when we tell God the truth, he can do better for us, but we're afraid too because it's not going to feel good to our flesh because men are trying to serve God in the natural. Now we got to serve him in the spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Master. Yeah. We want it to be a fleshly move, but it's got to be a spiritual move. Hallelujah. And so we thank him this morning. We're grateful unto him. We appreciate him. We love him. It was him that first loved us. And without him, we can do absolutely nothing. Yeah. So I'm thankful unto the Lord. And uh, I trust him today. And he's given us one more day. Again, this morning, yesterday is gone. And tomorrow is not promised. We have today. And today is a good day because it's the day that he made. And he made what's good. Hallelujah. So we're thankful this morning unto him. And there's none like him. We can search all over, but we won't find nobody greater than Almighty God. I encourage you today to sell out to him 100%. Give him your total life and make him the God of your life. I often look at it and I see we in 2023. And the stuff I see in 2023, it's like nothing ever else is going to happen. Everything that's going to be carefree and fighting and doing what I want to do, no, no sir and no ma'am, it won't always be like this. Yeah. But a believer... God is turning the thing. Yeah, he's working at which concerning us. And sooner or later, things going to work in our favor because he's going to turn things around for the believer, his children. But it won't always be like this for the non-believer. When we leave, we start to leave. God's got to shift us in another direction. They are going to be in trouble. I believe in my heart, not only his love, but because we, his people, his children, are here. He's allowing the earth a lot more time. He's allowing the world a lot more time. 
And if we look at him, he's a super great father. Because he's not giving up on anyone. He wished that none should perish. People, we, we have more time than ever to come to him. Seek his face. Turn from my wicked ways. We have time to witness to others, but we so concerned about our bills and what I may lose and this and that, we, we don't focus. Yeah. Sometimes we are really acting like the world, but we must believe that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Not not just for the first time to get the word and get understanding, but constantly, daily, diligently seeking God. Before I make a move, let me talk to the Lord about this. Lord, this and that, that and that. And it's already all right in Jesus' name. All right, we're ready. We're ready. We we are ready. And uh, we have Bishop Noah Jones and his message this morning. I'm still in his hand. I'm still in his hand. And we're praying that tomorrow we can come back with Exodus. Yeah. Uh, chapter 10, I believe, is where we stopped off. We stopped at 9, but we're going over to 10 and uh, get to the big exit, because it's coming. It's coming. Hallelujah. Let's go on with Bishop. in the book of John because John's writings are so pure, particularly when it comes to the issue of love. You have to understand that John, in coming into a relationship with Jesus, didn't have any toxins, really. And the reason he had no toxins was he was so young when he came to see Jesus that there wasn't any time intellectually for him to be convoluted with any other concept or thought. He was 16, 17 years old when he came in and so Jesus was simply his only idol, his only icon. It's important to me because unlike Peter, Peter I see in different light. Because Peter was braggadocious and he had his own psychological debilitation to overcome when he was dealing with Jesus. And of course, Judas never could get it straight. But John comes with a sort of freshness. If you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, you will see synoptic gospels. They see in a particular same vein. But when you read John, you will see Aristotleism. You will see syllogistic reasoning. And you will see a purity of presentation that uh, has to just draw you in. It is said in the book of John that John never mentions his name one time 
And he calls himself the other disciple or the disciple who Jesus loved. But he never mentions his own name because he doesn't want to be visible and have Jesus invisible. Jesus becomes a center. He opens each one of the chapters and he presents a very particular encounter with Jesus. From opening in chapter 1, the symphony of a great orchestra, uh, yes, indeed, when he says the word was with God, the word was God, the same was in the beginning with God, uh, that all of that marvelous. And then he moves from there, and if you go through each one of the chapters, you will find one particular encounter, whether with the man by the pool or the woman with the issue of blood. By the time he gets close to the end, John says, these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. And believing you might have life through his name. And then in the next chapter, as he closes, he said, and this and many other things that Jesus, that I'm sure if they were all written, the world could not contain the books. In other words, he's simply saying to us, I've told you some specific things that about Jesus, that if you believe, you can have life through his name. And if I were to preach from that text, it would be you've already heard enough to save you. In chapter 10, we pick up with another one of those very specialty things that John does with Jesus. And here he makes an anal analogy, rather, to the shepherd and the sheep. And he makes himself the good shepherd, and he talks about his sheep. By verse 25, uh, 24 really, as he's now getting into the discourse in a very mighty and powerful way. Uh, oh Lord, I, I could go from 19. It says, there was a division therefore, again, among the Jews for these sayings. And many of them said, he hath a devil and is mad. Why hear him? Others said, there are not the words of him that hath a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of dedication, and it was winter. Jesus walked into the temple, Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me, but ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Then the Jews took up the stones again, to stone him. Look at somebody with all the ebullience you can muster and tell them no man. Look at somebody else and say, I've been through enough. And I found out no man can pluck me out of his hand. No man. I have been reasoning in recent months and recent weeks and somehow uh, there are some openings in preaching 
and I'll try to show that when I get to Orlando in May. There are some openings that are that are very generic. Generic, particularly because if you are opening from the wider point of view and narrowing into what you're doing and what you're seeing. In other words, you take the widest of the context and come into the text. It becomes very generic in the opening because you're dealing with the philosophical concept that em embodies the whole scripture. Not psychological concept, we'll get to that, but the philosophical concept that embodies the whole scripture. And it is true that God has left himself outside of our sensual perception. And that is that nobody in here can have a relationship with God through their senses. You have not seen him at any time. You have not heard him audibly. I hear people saying the Lord speaks to me, but he has never said, Noel, I need to have a talk with you. Indeed, and in fact, if you check the scriptures carefully, you will find that even when he talked to Elijah, he spoke to him through a still, small voice. And I wonder if a still, anything has any sound at all. The Holy Spirit maketh intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Which means it's not a mmm, because I just uttered that. It's a sound that is so silent or non-existent that intellectually and cognitively you cannot grasp what's happening. Because he left himself outside of our sensual perception. Haven't smelled him, haven't touched him at any time. And it's interesting that God would not even allow the Old Testament characters to have an image of him. Because the only image you could have of him would be born out of sensual perception. And how would you describe an omnipresent God? What form would you give him and what would you draw him? You would have to reduce him as they did to four-footed beasts to birds and to the things that they saw around them and you would have completely distorted the greatness of an immutable, omniscient, eternal God. And so he leaves himself outside of our sensual perception, which means that he cannot be cognitively brought into being. And ah, let me put it another way, I'm, I'm going to get there tonight. Uh, he is everywhere, but he's nowhere if you don't meet him somewhere. Uh, as if he refuses to reveal himself. You cannot cognitively bring him into your space. Ah, my relationship then with God has to be born strictly and from the point of view of revelation. As Paul Tillich puts it, revelation must be given, it must be received, or it's not revelation. If God puts it out there and you don't get it, then it's not revelation. So he has to put it out there for you to get it, 
so that it becomes revelation. Uh, can I take it further? For those who are holding out. To show you that it's not intellectual, that it's not cognitive, there were two boys in their separate mother's wombs. Uh, one's name was John and the other was Jesus. Jesus was abiding in the compartment of Mary's womb and John was in his mother's Elizabeth. The both boys were separated by two thin layers of cutaneous tissue and they were unconscious. Yes, there was a sense of awareness in every child, even though in the mother's womb, but there's a cognitive unconsciousness as it relates to being able able to deduce or to logically analyze anything because in the mother's womb there is no capacity. Jesus is God but he was not reading the Jerusalem Tribune in his mother's womb. Uh, who would deliver it please? Uh, there, there's no paper boy that could deliver that and so consequently the boys are unconscious. There is no cognitive cerebral energy jumping off to deduce anything and yet still the Bible says when the boys came close together that John left in his mother's womb and received the Holy Spirit and didn't say Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, I hope you're with me. Don't let me lose you now. Now notice, if you will, the unconscious John had revelation of Jesus and it was not intellectual or cognitive. It is that God just opened up his spirit to the revelation of who he has been sent to point the way. Now the unconscious John knew who Jesus is, yet the conscious John sent messengers to Jesus and said, are you the one or should we look for another? The conscious John didn't know who he was or struggled with who he was. When the unconscious John had received the revelation without question, I just came to tell you, don't ever let your mind talk you out of your revelation. Uh, you don't need a committee to vote on what God told you to do. You don't need everybody to vote. So the concept of God then is seen outside of sensual perception. And if it's outside of sensual perception, then you're not going to be able to rationalize who he is by looking at him. And that's why each one of us has a different and a very idiosyncratic signature of who God is. We can teach you from the same pulpit and give you all the same structural stuff about God. But at the end of the day, your conceptualization of God will never be like mine. Indeed, and in fact, it can't be duplicated or imitated because it's uniquely yours. Uh, let me just add something else and go another way. And that is pain is individuate. There is nobody who feels the pain you feel. I don't care how you articulate it. I don't care whether their father died the same day your father died. The 
pain level in each one of you is different because circumstances, psychological development, intellectual capacity, relationship, and all of that is different in each person. And that's the same way is your concept of God. And what he allows is the freedom to think of him any way you choose because he does not want you to be restricted by somebody else's declaration of who he is. You cannot have a personal relationship with a second-hand God. You can only have a personal relationship when you know him within the context of who you are. Uh, can I take it further? <laughs> no one of us ever has the full knowledge of who God is. That's why we fellowship. <laughs> because I need to know the idiosyncratic concept that you have in order to put pieces together about God that I will never have in my own experience. Oh God, and I can't be so locked into who I think I am that when fresh revelation comes, I refuse to receive it because it doesn't fit the tradition and it doesn't fit my identity. Oh, I feel the spirit of God. Enter now those who are seeking to decide who Jesus is without revelation. You can't know who he is if you don't have it revealed because he could do all the mighty works right in front of your eyes and you never ever receive him for who he is because you're already fixed in your own idiosyncratic traditional sense. Oh, you got to let go who you think you are in order to know who he is and enter the haters. Oh, I feel like preaching now. Uh, can, I, can, I, can I back up a little bit? Uh, I'll tell you when I'm there. You see, we have to understand then the divine revelation and the knowledge of God. And we have to understand it in the horizon of promise. You see, this is where they missed it in the Old Testament, the Jews. Because they didn't understand that the book they were reading was not a book designed to stand on its own. It was rather just a typology to point to the most significant creature who would ever walk the face of the earth. But they got caught up in who they thought they were. And they became the center of their religious experience. And so now they begin to control, you see, and become very religious. And let me put this in the way. I'm again epiphany. You see, you can be very religious and not be spiritual. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And you can follow the ritual, the ceremony, the symbol, and never be spiritual. Because spirituality carries with it a flexibility that is not locked into tradition, but is always looking for fresh and new revelation. And so to understand God, because again now, you don't see God. And no man sees God, so he doesn't come to us in our sense 
visual perception, but he makes us promises. And what God does is he makes us promises and then he fulfills the promise he makes. Because he made us a promise and put the promise in our spirit. And then he fulfilled the promise that he put in our spirit. Then we know it was God. He brings into materials something that you believed in your heart. But he did not show up to show you what he was going to do. He just put it in your spirit. Let me put it another way. Your faith has to believe what God has put in your spirit. And what Satan does when something's placed in your spirit is he makes the circumstance as contradictory and as antithetical to the promise that God put in your spirit so that he can get you to abort the promise by not believing that God spoke to you. Uh, I wish somebody would help me here. See, God's got to speak to you, but you don't see him. You only hear him, because faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Then his spirit speaks to your spirit over a bridge of faith, and then lets your spirit speak to your mind. If that were not so, you could never have peace which passeth all understanding. Because it's not a peace that's coming to your mind, it's a peace that's coming to your spirit. It's by faith that it links your spirit. And your spirit can hold on to stuff that your mind can't comprehend. How can you believe such a thing? And that's how God reveals himself as God and that is he brings it through a promise can can I take that a little further this becomes critical now because he has to be faithful to his word and if he's not faithful to his word I can't be faithful to him because if he's going to vacillate and take me through certain psychological vicissitudinous changes then I'm going to have problems believing him you have to establish you have to establish a consistency in keeping your word in order for me to trust you the next time how many times have you become so controlling because you can't trust uh-huh 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 I don't want to mess with that but many people who can't trust are people who control well it's 15 minutes to the storm it's five minutes to pick up the article, and they should be back here in 40 minutes flat. Now, I'll give them two minutes, but 42, I want to know where you are. Uh-huh, now I'm not going to mess with that too much. Uh, that's why you got to have passwords and passcodes and checking phone bills uh-huh, when they come in the mail and going through it. And I don't know this number, and now you're calling numbers you don't know. And uh, who is this on the other side of this number? You're doing all of that because you can't trust. And the reason you don't trust is you've been hurt. And you've got to learn how to heal so you can trust 
again. Ah, I feel something helping me here. It's a critical piece here because Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, he's today and forever. But here is what we says, and we points out, and I quote, he says, the historical background of this book indicates the unchangeableness of Jesus Christ cannot be the subject of faith of its recipients. Unchangeable alone is not enough to generate faith, unquote. But here's what it is. It is significant in establishing the consistency of the attributes that establish faith. Because you've been consistent, it helps me to attribute, contribute rather, to the stand of my faith. Because I can depend on you. I can depend on your word. Now you can depend on me to believe you. I feel it here. You've got to do that to help me through it. Because the presupposition for the knowledge of God is God revealing himself. Oh, you're going to stand out there and look at his works and never ever acquiesce who he is because you don't have the revelation. The minute you get the revelation, now you become one of his. And if you can't get a revelation, you don't belong to the group because the only way to belong to the group is to get a revelation of who he is. And if you have no revelation, you have no relationship. Oh, I'm here to tell you now, preacher can't give you this. Uh-huh, the deacons can't give you this. You've got to get this for yourself. I feel something pushing me here. I'm, I'm trying to behave. It's critical and very important because it sets you in this place where you don't need a clique or you don't need a committee. You don't need church politics. You ain't got to climb up nobody's ladder. It's just God giving you the knowledge that I am who I am for you. So where God now in his faithfulness to his promise he has given, he stands to that which he has declared. And whatever he has promised now, he's got to manifest it. And that manifestation now brings you to know that was God. I'm going to tell you something else before I move on. And that is God makes promises in circumstances that are most contradictory to the fulfillment of the promise. And then sometimes he makes a promise and let things go from difficulty to impossibility before he brings it to pass. Oh God, while you're sitting there. And the last thing you ever want to ask God is how. I don't know if you're with me. My children asked me for all kinds of things when they were growing up. And the fact that they asked me indicates to me that they had some respect for my capacity and my ability. Anytime a child can walk up to dad and say, dad, I need a car and I need none less than a Camaro. And I said, well, all right. Well, let's, let's, let's think about it. I'll think about it. But the fact that they could ask puts me in a class beyond themselves because they expect 
me to be able to do it. Now, the things my children never ever did was ask how. Because how plays with the faith that you have in God. Because your mind is going to talk you out of the promise. Now, it goes like this. Now, how is he going to do it? It ain't your business how. It's just your business to believe. Oh, I feel it here. Because the very reason for creation, I'm almost there, is for the God to reveal himself. The reason for creation, there was no reason for creation except that God would show himself. God has only one image, and that's Jesus Christ. And for three years, mankind, through recorded history, has had God with them. You and I weren't there. So we have to take the words of the apostles. But the Jews were right there and still couldn't see him. Let me tell you something about folk. When they hate you, you can't do anything good. And that's what haters do. No matter what you do, no matter what level you preach on, no matter how melodious your voice is, it's always going to be, it's all right, but uh, but they ain't living right, but, but they don't talk right, but, but they got an attitude of haters, but I got news for you, if you don't have any haters, you're not that gifted. Uh, give somebody a high five for the first time and say thank God for your haters your haters get you blessed oh God he created him then and the creation then was to reveal himself to the people he created because God was in the canyons of eternity all by himself because he's eternal and there's no other eternal being so there was nobody with him he created the cherubims and the seraphims and he's the only one I know who will create a creature that is so beautiful that the creature will look at himself and want to be like his creator that's Lucifer if you will I don't think I'd make anybody that good looking that they'd want to be like me the devil is a liar but God is God and you ought to thank him he's God God gives gifts that oftentimes challenges the beneficiary against the giver. Sometimes he gives you a gift and you walk away with the gift and forget the giver. He's the only one who blesses so well that he can become challenged by the very gift that he gives. I feel it. That's why every now and then he moves stuff from us just to see whether or not we love the giver more than the gift. Uh, I'm going there tonight. And so now what the Bible says to us is that this is a praise of his glory. I created so I could reveal myself so that they would be a praise to my glory. In Ephesians, Vincent calls it, we were 
made a heritage. Uh, King James says we have obtained an inheritance. And what it means is that every sheep has been determined, chosen, and assigned by lot. You didn't meet him when you came to church. You couldn't come up to this pulpit until he drew you. Because no man comes except the Father draw. So you have to understand now that you are designated as a heritage. You are designated not by chance. It's been determined. You have been chosen and you have been assigned. I want to mess with your theology for a minute. I heard somebody saying, the devil should have killed me when he had me. And oh, we get happy. And sometimes as preachers, we pick up what other preachers say and we run with it without giving it any critical analysis. We just take it because somebody shouted in Dallas over it. Well, they'll shout in L.A. And that's it. We're gone. But if I'm chosen in him and if I've been assigned as a heritage and if I were chosen in him before the foundation of the world, then when did the devil ever have me? It looked like he had me. I acted like he had me. We lived like he had me, but I always belonged to God. Oh, I feel something happening now. Where that key? Find me somewhere. I'll let you know. Uh, Y'all rest a little bit. I got to work. Uh, it is not chance. It is a, uh, there is a purpose. You're not here by chance. You got to get this chip out of your mind and understand who you are. You have allowed too many people to raise you with psychological debilitative vocabularies. Call you stupid and silly and ignorant. God made a creature that had the capacity for revelation of who he is, which means he respects what he has created. And when he came in the cool of the evening, he came to reveal himself to the creature that he blew into his body the breath of life. And yet still you were living beneath your privilege and you were living under your purpose because your handlers on the human side have given you the disposition that you can't be much of anything. Oh God, I feel it. And that's why it's taken us so long to get to where we needed to go. Because some of us spend the second half of our lives trying to get over the first half. But Jesus says, when you meet me and I give you a revelation of who I am, it ought to change everything about your attitude. Oh, I just had an attitude lift. I just had an attitude change. And if you think you can hold me like I'm a nobody, the devil is a liar. No man shall pluck me out of his hand. Uh, I feel a preach coming on. I feel something getting ready to happen. The Bible says, expositors, not only was it the purpose of God to make known the secret of his grace to us, but this purpose was also fulfilled in us in the point of fact, and we were made his own. Not only chosen for his portion, but we were made it. In other words, you were made God's heritage. You were made it when he formed 
formed you. He formed you for that purpose. The purpose is not for our own privilege. That's the Jews thought that with their limited exclusive view, but for his glory. That's why I'm here. That's why you exist. For his glory. That's why he formed you. For his glory. That's why he brings you out of the worst stuff that human beings can ever be in in order to show I can come into the world. Can, can I preach like I feel it? You see, what you do is if you're in relationship with somebody, you better choose somebody who's close to you. You better choose somebody you can live with because you can't live with everybody. I don't care how sanctified you are. And in case you hold it out on me, as fine as you are and as good looking as you are, somebody left you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because you can't live with everybody. You have to choose somebody who you can't change structurally. Because I'm not going to have a relationship with anybody who's going to try to take away my roof-bearing beams. Because some people will try to take away the core of who you are and get you to a place where you don't like who you are trying to be with them. Uh -huh, uh -huh. There are some things that we can change. Those things are not deal breakers. Those things are on the fringe. Uh, I'll come home nine instead of ten. Uh, you know, I'm used to coming home whenever I get ready. But I know that now that you're here, that if I'm going to stay a little late, I need to call. It's going to take me a year to get it down, baby, but I'll have it together after a while. You see, there are some things that don't break any deals, but there are some things that are core to who you are. It's core to me to have a clean house, and I can't live with nobody nasty. Uh, I, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. Uh, hang up your dress in, in the refrigerator. I can't do it. Uh, put stuff over chairs and stuff. Put them in the closet. Uh, that's where they belong. I, I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. But God does not have to choose whoever is close to who he is because he has the power to transform. So he chooses, according to Paul in Corinthians, he chooses weak things to confound the wise. Oh, Lord, have mercy. He uses base things to confound the mighty. He chooses despised things. He chooses, Lord, nothings. He goes all the way down to nothings from foolish to base to weak to despise to nothings. In other words, God can choose the lowest to get the glory out of how he changes them so that when you look at what you used to be and look at who you are now, you can throw up holy hands and say to God, be the glory. I appreciate what you've done for me. And so now the laying down anything in the view. When you come to purpose, it's the laying down anything in the view of others. And he declares the good shepherd giveth 
his life for his sheep. And that's because they're mine. I'll die for them and I'll die and cement the whole deal. You see, his purpose has always been to guide you to the place he wants you to be. And every time Satan snips at you because God uses people to bless you and the devil uses them to curse you. And everybody thinks because you move to another level that they can come get you whenever they feel. Have you ever been with a man, baby, that long after it's over, he still believes since he's been there before, he can get there again? Uh-huh, uh-huh. I've been around some women, yes I have, who still believe that after all these years, another eyelash up and one down can get me again. Oh yeah, he can't forget this baby. I don't care where he's preaching. All I got to do is show up, honey, because I got it like that. The devil is a liar. I've grown since you met me last. I'm a little bigger since you met me last. I'm a little more discerning than when you met me last. I might as well have church. So what he does with his purpose is he, he does it with his omniscience because he knows it with his omniscience and then he executes it with his omnipotence because you can know something but can't execute it and then he supervises it with his omnipresence which means there's never a time where you're out of his view and then he cannot change it because of his immutability which means he promised me the gift said he'd never let me out of his hand and yet still when I walk away I think like I've lost my blessing the devil is a liar because he can't change it in his mutability so what he does is he spanks me back in line with his purpose give somebody a high five and say neighbor what you're going through is God spanking you back. He ain't trying to kill you. He's just trying to whoop you back to the place where you belong so he can take you where he wants you to be. I feel a little churchy now. The lecture is over. And then of course he can't stop it because of his eternalness. Because I am for the praise of his glory. Now how is he going to protect it. The best insurance of his integrity is to give it to the heir of all things. The one who made the world. So the Logos doesn't only have the assignment to create, to reveal God. He has the assignment to make sure nothing ever happens to what God has created for his revelation. Give some money high five for the third time and say neighbor you're going to make it through it because you're destined to make it through it because not only through him but in him all things exist any challenge against God is a challenge against me and any challenge against me is a challenge against God and he's already searched out every one of your enemies and he's come back with the declaration that no man shall pluck them out of my hand. No man can stop 
stopped you from being everything that God has called you to be. I'm getting ready to close, but I feel something pushing me. I feel something lifting me. What God sent me here to tell you is you got to have a new attitude, a new psychology towards the stuff you go through. And don't back up and act like folk can control your destiny. Because when they nailed him on the cross, they nailed him between the radius and the carpal bone. And it cut the median nerve. And when the median nerve got cut, his hands went into a claw. But I'm so glad that my hand was in his hand when it became a claw. So he's holding me in a death grip. In a death grip. Do you know how many times Satan tried to open God's hand to get to me, but he couldn't move it? That's why the Lord told me, new weapons against you. Well, it ain't gonna work. Get somebody high five. Say it ain't gonna work. It ain't gonna work. I got too much favor. I got too much favor. No man can take my joy. No man can take my anointing. No man can take my vision. No man can take my destiny. No man can take my blessing. Can take my my anointing. This a mighty high five. Said I looked everywhere, but I found nobody. Cause I heard him say that my father is greater than all, and no man can take him out of my father's hand. And I said, my father, I want. If you can't get it from him, you can't get it from me. Give somebody a high five. Say, I've been to hell and back, but I'm still here, still praising him, still lifting him up. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I don't look like what I've been through. No man, no man, I feel like preaching in here to somebody for the sixth time and say, neighbor, they tried to stop my gift, they tried to stop my blessing, they tried to take my job, they tried to take my house, but no man, no man, if God lets you have it, it ain't the man, it's God getting ready to take me. <laughs> this is your season. This is your hour. And no man can stop you. Shake somebody's hand for the last time and say, I want you to know that no man can stop you from your next level. 
All of us are taught what the scripture says. We always dwell, particularly those of us who matriculated somebody's seminary. We know, for the most part, how to expostulate what it says. But every now we we have to ask this question to take it from the philosophical to the psychological. Why is he telling me this? Why? Of all the things that he could have written, why is he telling me this? What psychological debilitation is he trying to correct? How should I think after I heard it from before I heard it. Because he's writing it there to increase my faith. And to give me an assurance that no matter how rough things are, and no matter how spiritually suicidal I am, The hope of the glory, and I'm closing. I'm going to close three times. This is the first close. When I deal with the hope of his glory, the hope of his glory, I'm not talking about having automobiles. I already have some of the best in the world. I'm not talking about cars. And if you take all of them away from me, fine. The thing that is, that where is me the most is me. The thing that I pray about the most is being a better person and not making young men mistakes as an old man. The thing I pray most about is wanting to be more in his image because I got all the things and still not feel good about myself I wonder do you see see, it's about what I want him to do with me So, so I'm nervous anxious about 
him fulfilling what he started to do with me. And sometimes that might mean taking my car, checking my house. That might mean a whole lot of stuff. And, 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 and for you capitalistic folk who want to run up here real fast and tell me, uh, uh, Job got double for his trouble. There are some things that God took from Job that were irreplaceable. So how many kids did Job have? Ten. And at the end, how many did he have? Ten. But they weren't the same ten. Which one of your children would you give up to have another one later? Them first ten children were irreplaceable. Because the next ten weren't the same ten. In fact, I'd have said to the Lord, I'd prefer if you raise them ten from the dead. Because I, I know these ten, these other new set of ten. Understand this. He wants you to with greater assurance no matter where you are there is therefore now no condemnation because the enemy will destroy you if he can get you into self-condemnatory psychological avenues because it's one thing for it to be on the outside it's another thing for it to come inside close it for a second if you ever learn any truth, learn the truth of having to forgive yourself. And the easiest way to be able to forgive others is to take responsibility for your own life. It goes like this. If you did it to me, I allowed it. I, I, I ain't five years old now. Amen. If you did it to me, I allowed it. The only two things can go on is either I allow it or I'm the perpetrator. So I've learned now, it's on me. It's on me. So I forgive myself for what I allow. And I sure enough forgive myself for what I did. Because you cannot say that God forgave you if you can't process it into self-forgiveness. Here's what I want you to know. To the preacher that's in here who messed up, cut up, did something awful that everybody talked about. When God gave you the gift before the foundation of the world. He knew what you were going to do when he gave it to you. And he gave it to you anyway. Because the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. He don't have to repent. Why should he change his mind 
when he had all the information up front. So now you get up. Get up. You have something to offer the world. Don't allow what God already knew you were going to do. So what the Lord is saying to you, like he's saying to Peter, when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. We need you back in this ring. I'm closing for the third time. Somebody looked at the clock and said, third time. Take somebody's hand. Take one person by both hands. You are somebody. You are somebody. God made you somebody. His heritage. Good God Almighty. Dear Father, we come in the name of Jesus. And we thank you because you've given us a wonderful privilege when you told us whatsoever things we bind on earth abound in heaven. Thank you for the privilege. Thank you for the authority. And as I squeeze one hand, I bind depression. I bind low self-esteem. I bind every spirit that says I deserve this. I bind that spirit right now. You did not create me to be abused. You created me for the praise of your glory. So I bind every spirit that feels like it's got to take mediocrity and live with all kinds of debilitative actions and behavior. I come against that spirit right now. That's not agape. That's foolishness. And I bind it. Now I bind whispering. I bind that mindset that accepts the negative over the positive. I bind that mindset that deals with negative criticism and will not accept praise. Oh God, I come now against every suicidal spirit. Whether it be physical or spiritual, I come against it now. I bind it in the name of Jesus. Now, now, I thank you, Lord, for the privilege of loosing things. You said whatever we loose on earth is loose in heaven. Somebody squeeze the other hand. I loose your joy. I loose your finance. I loose your vision. I loose your revelation. I loose your energy right now. Step up to the next level. Step up to where God would have you. And I claim it in the name of Jesus. Go there. Go there. Go there. Somebody holler, I'm going there. Loose those hands and put your praise on it. Put your praise on it. If you believe God, put your praise on it. If you're going to the next level, put your praise on it. Oh, it's all right to praise it. 
Praise him till you get it out. Praise him till you lose your mind.
spreading the love worldwide. www.jesusinthemorningradio.com Hallelujah, hallelujah, Bishop Noah Jones this morning. And uh, I like the way Noah Jones breaks things down many times and, uh, and you know, parables to things and that kind of thing. I'm, I'm grateful unto the Lord for the word. Uh, all the big words, uh, as we call them, we don't need all the dictionary words, but nonetheless, many of us understand. And so we thank God for understanding, thanking for wisdom, and we're grateful unto him for all he has done for us. Great and mighty things, yeah. He's still working today, blessing us. He's blessing us right now. And we just want to love him. We just want to tell him thank you. And we are grateful unto him and we appreciate it. Hallelujah. How many know when you appreciate someone, you're going to show that? You're going to show your appreciation. Thank you. Oh, I, I love it. Oh, that, yeah, that kind of stuff is going to go on. I want to share this this morning, May 25th. Uh, we will be in Atlantic Beach, Florida, and we will be doing uh, the fourth Sunday fellowship service. And I'm pulling it up now because I can't always remember the address down there. But it is at, wait a minute, hold on, let me go to the other one. It's at 4 p.m., and this is the fourth Sunday in, in June, June 25th, June 25th, the fourth Sunday in June, will be at 390 Dutton Island Road in West Atlanta Beach, Florida. And the zip code is 32233. So if you're free and you can make it that way, join us, join us for fourth Sunday fellowship. If you have a ministry, if you have a church, and uh, it can be very small, and you would like to join in with us. Now, we don't require any type of membership or, or nothing like that. It's just that we want to come together, brethren, meaning the generic term, men and women, brothers and sisters, coming together to lift up the name of Jesus. And you get to know, you know, different people, different pastors, different churches, and that you never knew existed. And then you may love it, and you may say, well, I want to host Fourth Sunday Fellowship. Then we will come to you. We will come to your ministry or your church, or you may have to ask somebody to use a church, and we will come and celebrate with you, lifting up the name of Jesus. Yeah, I did this many times, but uh, the Lord cut it off, and then COVID came and this and that. So we just getting back uh, started, uh, starting to do Fourth Sunday Fellowship. And uh, I love talking to people and different pastors and uh, that kind of thing and telling them about Fourth Sunday Fellowship. The offering that's raised, we ask everybody to bring at least $10. So you have a month in advance to, you know, put up $10. And planted as a seed in the fourth Sunday fellowship. When we leave the offering stay at the hosting church, our hosting ministry. Yeah, whoever hosts that they are in charge. And we bring other people in to sing and to give words of encouragement. 
Some people may come and read a poem, different things. But we have a good time, a good time. And I'm sure this December, I'm probably doing a Christmas service, uh, going to Atlantic Beach on December 25th. And we used to have a wonderful time, did it for over 10 years. And we invite preachers to come in, not just pastors, but preachers. And they get, I think it's five minutes. You get five minutes to talk on a subject. You know, it may be love, joy, peace, whatever. And if you go over, the bell is wrong on you. We rang the bell. And, oh, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. It's such a good time. And everybody fellowship and laugh. And uh, about, I want to say maybe four or five years ago, we took a big group picture. And that was just beautiful to me. And so we get together. And you don't have to be from Florida to attend. If you're coming through Florida during that time, if you're near Florida and you feel the drive or you want to fly in for it, you just want to be a part to see what's going on, feel free, feel free. Yeah, everybody is welcome because we believe if we lift up the name of Jesus, he will draw all men unto him. Yeah, he got to be lifted up. Yeah, Sion, you remember that? <laughs> Sion, Dot, K, everybody came. Ivy and Dalo and Nikki, and they were here. Miss Virginia, they were here. Shantae was here. And we just had a wonderful, wonderful time. And uh, we all went to the Christmas service, and then other people came. And we just had a joyful time. And, I, you know, a lot of us, we had on red. Some people, well, I think I had on blue, a jean outfit. But a lot of people had red on, you know, representing the holidays. And that picture was so beautiful. Yeah, it turned out wonderful. Uh-huh. And uh, I just love all that kind of thing, getting together and loving one another. You know, no, no, no foolishness of any kind. We don't need it. Yeah, we just need to get together and show one another we love each other. Because the Word said this. God said this. He wanted us to love, not as the world loved. He told us to love one another. Yeah. Love covers a multitude of sin. When you love, you're not going to come with no foolishness. You remember that, Sister Dot? <laughs> yeah. You're not going to come with no foolishness. You're going to find an excuse for the person you love. So when people talk about you or whatever, and they say they're uh, members of the household of faith, you don't get upset with them. You just let it go. Because many times our biological brothers or sisters, they do stuff to us and we let it go. So being a member, being a member of the household of faith, we're doing the same thing. Yeah, we're doing the same thing. We're, we're looking beyond fault and loving right on. And going right on in Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm thankful unto him this morning because there's none like him. And who else could give such great things as a fourth Sunday fellowship? We fellowship him with one another. He says, forsake not the assembly of yourselves together. We come here each morning, we each weekday morning as a group. And we don't forsake the assembly. We come, we hear the word of God, we sing. We pray, yeah, we talk about things, testimonies come forth sometimes, 
Sometimes people just want to share stuff. It don't have nothing to do with the text or, or, or the message. They just got stuff they want to share. They should spot. As long as you're sharing Jesus, I have no problem. I remember Brother Lewis told me this. He said, uh, as long as you teaching Jesus, I'll be there. If you stop teaching Jesus, I'm not going to be there. Yeah. Oh, I miss Solar Landlord this morning. Good morning to your possible right. God bless you this morning. Yeah, so that this is what we are about, the love of God. We want to love one another. We want to love our other brothers and sisters. Yeah, I may not attend the same church as you, uh, our ministry, or we may not run in what they call the same uh, believer circle. But I know you're a believer. You know I'm a believer. When we see each other, we greet each other. Sometimes it's with a hug. Yeah. I don't know you after the flesh. I just know you after the spirit. And if the spirit in you agree with the spirit in me, we on one accord. And if I can do something for you, that's what I want to do. And that's why the Lord, I believe, gave me four Sunday fellowship because of this small churches. And sometimes a small church needs repairs or it may need something else. Or they may be trying to help a, a member, what we call a member of that particular household of faith. So by leaving the offering there, the church have a few more dollars. They can do a few more things. Yeah, they may be doing things out in the community. You never know. I'm going to get with a few people this summer and uh, uh, call the owner of this uh, strip mall, and uh, I want to go over and give out sandwiches, sandwiches and drinks. Yeah, so start next month, I'm going to start setting aside to do that because in June we'll be in summer. Hot, but I'm giving out sandwiches, and people will come and get those sandwiches, come and get the drinks, and a calling card asking you, do you know Jesus? Yeah. Do you know Jesus for the pardoning of your sins? <laughs> I like all that kind of carrying on. And sometimes you, you say that to people and they say, yeah, they stop and come back. And say, I was saved in June the 15th, 19 whatever it was, or 2000 and whatever it was. And he been good to me. My son was this and that, and my husband was this and that, and honey, God healed him. Honey, God delivered him. Yeah, they, they, people talk like that in the South, see. And they tell me all about it. And when I know that they we both hollering, yelling with our hands lifted up. Thank you, Jesus. Right down the sidewalk, because I'm not ashamed. I guess I just don't have uh, brain enough to be ashamed of the gospel or the great testimonies about Jesus Christ. I just don't know how to be shamed. And uh, I just, I'm a part of that because I know what he did for me. I, I remember when he saved me, sanctified me, set me aside unto himself, cleaned me up, and filled me with his spirit. I remember that, you see. I remember loving it and so happy that I had found him. He knew where I was. I didn't know where he was. And when I found him, I was so happy and on fire to go out and tell everybody, I'm saved now. 
I said, I'm, I'm in Jesus, and he gave me antibody church now. I, I go to that building because I believe in the building, coming together to lift him up. I said, but I am in Jesus, and he's in me. Yeah, I can remember telling people that I'm really a days. And I could see somebody need something, and I had it. I just stepped right up. Oh, here, you need this right here? Here it is. Here it is. And people would be looking at me crazy. But I had the love of God. But I have the love of God. And the love of God calls you not to withdraw yourself from people. Yeah, it'll cause you to do that. <laughs> All on the internet. You, you, you're over in Twitter. These people don't know you. I remember when I first came to Facebook years and years ago. Uh, and I put stuff out that, you know, you could tell. The, the folks said they were believers, but they were scared. They didn't trust nobody. They heard me say Almighty God a few times. They kept hearing me say Jesus, Jesus, and, and Jesus this, Jesus that. And then they, they, they begin to come and, 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 and get a little more strength and I decide they might trust me a little bit. But see, I don't trust man. I trust God. And if he's leading and guiding me, I have no reason not to trust. I don't have no reason to fear. I just got to step into it by faith and keep going. I told God many times, Lord, if this is not you, stop me. I only want to do this if you're using me to do this. I don't want to operate in my flesh, in Barbara. There's no good thing in her. It's only through the spirit of God that I'm good. Yeah, but see, it's not me, it's him. It's that greater that lives within me. That he that is in the world. Oh, amen goes right there. I feel like right there, right there. I feel like shouting. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because God is faithful to us. He's good to us. And he wants us to be good to one another. And I consider the, the ones that faithfully come every morning or, or as often as they can to Jesus. That's that faithful few. You can count on them. They come to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. I can't go with what they got out here now. Uh-uh. The new wave, new age. I have to stay with the old path and looking around. Yeah, see, I'm still that kind of person that believes getting on the altar and calling Jesus till he come. I'm, I'm, I'm that kind of way. I understand all of that kind of thing, you see. I still believe in fasting and praying. Eat no food and drinking no water. They come out with something called an intermittent fast. I said, Lord, they just take your stuff and do anything they want with it. But guess what? It's appointed unto man wants to die. No matter what's going on, no matter what the, 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 the so-called house of prayer is not, because somebody's building their own empire and using the name of God and Jesus or whatever, love and all of that, it don't matter. It don't matter of those that beating people out their money and lying to, that that, that, that don't matter. I'm going to tell you why I say it don't matter. It's appointed on the man wants to die. And after death comes the judgment. Everybody is going to be judged. So if you've been lying to folks, scamming folks, cheating folks, just want their money, you sick of them because they don't obey, whatever it is, guess what happens? That's on you. I have a lot of people that come. I tell them what to do. They don't do it, and they write back a day or two later. 
from time to same day. And when I asked, what did you do? No, nah, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I, I evangelized. I, I, I said, well, until you obey God, you, you can't be blessed. It can't stop. He's telling you to come out. You, you telling him what you you gonna do, or you don't say nothing. You just do what you want to do. Because the flesh have us thinking it's our thing. We can do what we want to do, but you can't. You were bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Sean Pace he saw I needed salvation. He gave me Jesus. Yeah. He saw that we needed salvation. He gave us Jesus. He's our mediator between us and God. And all we got to do is just ask him to carry the petition to the Father, whatever it is. Lord, I am living in my flesh. I know I went to the altar and said I do to you, but I'm doing more in me than I'm doing in you. And if you mean that, God will fix that for you. He'll give you a spiritual walk. You'll be able to walk in the spirit that you don't fulfill the lust of your flesh. You won't be puffed up and, and, and put up. And, and you won't, No. Them secret sins, they'll go. Because you want more of Jesus. You want more of living right before him daily. Because we got to remember now. His eyes are in every place. Every day you live, God's eyes are in every place. Not just when I tell you in the mornings here, but every day, all day, every night, all night. His eyes are in every place. He's beholding the evil and the good. He see everything. Because when we stand before him, he can play this back and show us. We can't lie on God, I'm telling you. You've heard me say this before. We're making our own movies every day. We're recording. We have the leading roles of our movies. I want there to be played at judgment. And not only God see, but you're going to get to be reminded. Yeah. I want to stand before him pure and holy. I want to stand before him with people that he sent me to be a blessing unto. And this work won't burn up because I obeyed God, not Barbara. I wasn't after stuffing things from people, and I wasn't after money. Yeah. Because taking gifts even from people, you got to be careful too and make sure that's God. See, but he have a way of proving it to you that it's him because he supply needs. See, the enemy will come too because he wants you to think he's a giver. But if you take from him, there's a day coming you got to pay it back. And it's going to be on a day you least expect it when you're really not prepared to pay it back, whatever it may be. People going to the witchcraft doctor, the soothsayer, the root worker. There's a day coming when all of that have to be accounted for. So we're doing it now. We, we, not no we, Lord, forgive me. People are doing that now. Many different ungodly things. Some say, well, I'll fix it later. I know it's not right, but this is what I need right now. No, no. You might drop dead in that instant and don't get a chance to repent. And if what's wrong and you do it, it's a sin. 
It's not wrongdoing. It is a straight-up sin against God. So we want to watch our flesh. We want to walk in the spirit of God. We want to walk according to the word of God. And anything come up, we want to bring the word of God to battle it. Yeah, anything that's not like God, we want to bring that word up and battle that. You got to go. I'm not doing that. I've been bought with a precious price. I plead the blood of Jesus against it. Yes, ma'am and yes, sir. Father, rebuke this for my sake. And God is able, faithful and willing. Hallelujah. I love that he is so faithful. I mean faithful. Hallelujah. I can bank on him because he's faithful. Faithful and waking me up for over 66 years. Faithful at waking me up every morning. He didn't forget me. Even when I was in my sins, Christ yet died for me. So he, he don't forget to turn the alarm clock off to get me up every morning. Yeah. He don't forget to keep me closed in my right mind with the use and activities of limb, life, health, and strength. And the devil tried to show me, oh, uh, you going to need a new hip, a new knee, a new back. Now, what I'm going to need is more Jesus, more faith and trust in him, more exercise, more cutting back on the groceries, <laughs> letting sugar go. Yeah. So, see, he'll come and set you up and tell you all you're going to die. Of course I am. Everybody that I know going to die. So, I mean, what 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 you telling me that for? Well, what about me dying? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Hey, glory. Yeah. I believe what I stand before him, he'll say, well done, that good and faithful servant. That's what I believe. And by your own belief, you will be saved. And not just saved from sin and, 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 and death and hell, but you are going to be saved from many things that will even cause death to come. You'll be saved from it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So look, we want to give God all that we can, as much as possible. We want to give God. We don't want to leave him for one second for nothing else. I don't want to leave him for a Mercedes. Because to get to a destination is to get there. And while you're riding in the car, you you can't see Mercedes or nothing else. You you ride. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't want to leave him for the house on the hill with the dog named Fluffy. Because when I'm inside the house, however it's decorated or however it looks, I'm just in the house doing whatever it is. I don't know if it's on a hill. I don't know if it's a mansion. I just know I'm in the house. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. So again today, let's give God our all. Let's give him everything that we can. All of us. Forever just say he wanted all. And I want to give it all to him. All to him. He's my Lord and Savior. He's on my side in spite of me. He's looking beyond my faults, getting me my needs. His word holds true. 
He's the way, the truth, and the life. I have that. I have Almighty God on my side that have all power. Jehovah, there's no higher power. Yeah, I wanted to get the, 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 to the part for the day of Exodus because God is going to reveal the local. He's going to show us some stuff because he's got all power. Hallelujah. Listen to this. Listen to this. Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. Psalms 25 and 5. One more time. Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. Again, that's Psalms 25 and 5. That, that's the King, King James Version. Listen. If we pray this prayer and believe it, Believe not only God here, but he's going to answer. Trust him that he's going to do it and wait for it. Ask him to lead you into his truth and to teach you for he's the God of our salvation. And watch what happens. I can set up things on my refrigerator. I can put a big sign on my refrigerator because I'm going in there. I'm going in the freezer. If I don't take nothing out the freezer every now and then, I look in there. It's full. I'm not taking nothing out because I don't need nothing out of it. I just look in there. That's just what I do. Ha! Refrigerator. I'm going there three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten times a day, maybe more. So put a sign on the refrigerator. It says, Growing in Jesus. Growing in Jesus. How was growing in Jesus? Through prayer and the study of his word, and allowing his word to get in our heart. That no matter what come up, we're going to revert to our heart, the word of God, so that it can come up. And little things we've been doing. Maybe we've been talking too much. And the scripture said, be quick to hear, but slow to speak. So we'll start working on that. One thing at a time. Don't try to work on too many things at a time. But one thing at a time, start working on that. Maybe take a week to work on it. Next week, you're working on something else. Or if you're a quick learner, take a day. And tomorrow, you're learning something else. Yeah, that you can grow in Jesus. You can grow in God. You're making him the God of your life. And see, a, a, a lot of uh, preachers, they don't fool with me because of this. I teach the people to depend on Jesus, not no pastor. The pastor died. What? You, what? You're out of gas. You're out of gas in the service station every bit of a thousand miles away. And to get to the spot to get the gas, is, uh, boy, you're going to go through. It's hot. So if you know God for yourself, you don't have to cut the pastor out, but you enhance your relationship through what the pastor teach with God. And don't just try to do it through the pastor. Get God for yourself today. Here. Know him for yourself. That way you can be tricked. Nobody can be teaching you how to go to hell easy. Nobody can just take unnecessary money from you. Learn this. If you give plant, plant seeds unto God, 
so that he can multiply them back to even if you plant it in the wrong spot, he'll multiply that thing and increase it back to you because he know you didn't know. You didn't know. You was trying to be a blessing and plant seeds. Yeah. See, God take in consideration for that too, what we don't know. Innocently now, innocently. Back to the, I know the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. I know when I do wrong, and I know I'm doing wrong, that's just not wrong. That's sinning. And the wages of sin is death. Eventually, physically, and especially spiritually. Because we can't have God if we're sinning. If the devil is our God, we we. we And you know better because there's only one God that we want, Jehovah, through his son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah, amen goes right there. Listen, we're going to one more song of the morning, and the studio is open. If you have something you would like to say, please feel free to press that number one and come in today and share with us. Yeah. And I see so many numbers in the studio this morning. God bless you each and every one of you, and uh, I thank God for you tuning in with me, and I will see a 335 number, a 407 area code. God bless you this morning, and uh, Brother Anthony, God bless you. Sister Irene, I had text you. I, I wanted to know what was going on, because I know I see that 614, and I didn't see it. I was like, wait a minute, I, I read it, jumping in when it stops. Good morning to you, Minister Shonda. God bless you. You had me laughing. You had me laughing. <laughs> I'm fibbing. I just, I feel, I feel, I, this, 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 and that. All that tickled me so good. That tickled me real good. But uh, God bless you, and I thank God for you trying to network and uh, trying to help someone else. That's what that showed me, and that's what we're about, helping one another. Sometimes we even help worldly people. I do. They need my help. And and, and and a brother or sister from the household of faith, they're, they're not needing this. But this worldly person needs, I'll go ahead and do it. Yeah. I was in that uh, hair store last week. And there were these two young ladies, and they didn't have enough to pay they, for what they wanted there. I just stepped right up and paid for it. The owner of the store said, you know them? I said, I don't know them. I know they didn't have enough money to pay for what they wanted. She laughed. <laughs> Asian lady, you know. But I thank God this morning for that type of mind, to help somebody. Yeah, to pray for others. It's important to pray for other people, not just you and your family. Yeah, whatever you're going through, pray for whoever else is going through that. Yeah, Lord bless them. God, they're going through this and they're going through that. See you this morning, 434-872 is that first three numbers. God bless you this morning. God bless you. And a good morning to, to your sister, Dorothy Goodman. God bless you this morning, Sister Sion, uh, Pastor David. God bless you this morning. <laughs> Thank God for you. Thank God for you. Good friends, good friends. Yeah, so I'm grateful. 
unto Almighty God. God bless you again, Brother Anthony. God bless you. Sister Rita. God bless you, Rita. <laughs> I see you. I see you. I used to get the numbers confused with Brother Frank's number. Her, her number and his number. I don't know why. But now I, do, I know that this is Sister Rita. And look, pray for Brother Frank's family. We still want to keep them lifted up in prayer. And uh, sometimes I think about him, you know, and uh, of the good days and what kind of person he was. You know, he was a giver. He was a big, when I tell you this man was a big giver, he couldn't hear nothing about women and children going through nothing. Well, how much would it take to, to fix that, Sister Barbara? Yeah, he could. He couldn't take that. He didn't. He didn't like that. And children, he just wanted to see them happy all the time. He liked when children eat. He liked when children get a piece of candy or something, cookies, something like that. They like. Yeah, brother Frank. And uh, we don't want to forget him because as long as we remember uh, him, we have great memories. Then we keeping him alive. Yeah. So I thank God for him this morning. And again, we're going to keep his family lifted up in prayer. I got to meet some people I had never met before that knew Frank, too. Yeah. And uh, every now and then, me and him used to go at it. Now, we used to have our differences, and we fussed with one another. And then we come right on back together in love. And he would say, it's all good. It's all good, sister. It's all good. And I said, all right, thank you, brother Frank. And I keep it moving. And see, when I used to see his number... That made me happy because I knew Frank was going through some things. Yeah. And I knew he had eating problems, things that we shouldn't eat. He would eat it. And he wanted lima beans. We would send him lima beans. Remember that CR? We should send Frank lima beans in the mail because that's what he wanted. And uh, he would go find the smoked meat to go in. I used to send him sweet potatoes. And then he got nuts, walnuts, cashews. But then it got to the place where I knew he wasn't supposed to have all of that. So I kind of eased off from sending him, you know, too much stuff. Because I would go to farmer's market and get stuff and hurry up and ship it, you know, to him. And he would get it. All those sweet potatoes. Sister Barbara, they were so glad for them Georgia potatoes. Them Georgia sweet potatoes, it make a difference. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just thank God for our brothers and sisters in Christ who have come down through here. So many people, our brother Ron and oh brother, oh it's just been a lot of them. Been a lot of them come down. Brother Spencer and uh, uh, oh he had friends and uh, he would bring his friends and it, it was it, it, Jesus in the morning has been a in a lot of people's lives. But some people they don't they can't handle that teaching, so they can't turn the flesh loose. You know, things got to be about the flesh too. When we should be making it all about God, He's the author and finisher of our faith. He made ways where we can't. With us, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. Let me tell you something. Do you know God will step up on the scene and bless me financially? He will give me money. Huh? I got to give him my all. He got to come first in everything. He got to come before anybody. Late in the midnight hour, if, because I don't do it, but if I had troubles that kept me awake in the midnight hour and I went crying and praying to him, 
guess what? He gonna put me to sleep. He gonna cause me to rest. Yeah. God is faithful. And I'm thankful unto him. There's none like him. And we wanna love him. We wanna love him. If you know what love is, truly know what love is, God is who you should love. That's who you really should love. Me in here bless you with a wife. Women here bless you with a husband. Children. You got family. It's enough love to go around. But we should love him first because he first loved us. Looking at John chapter 4 down around the 8th verse down in there. For God is love. It teaches that. Even teach us in there, we ought to love one another. Teach us to be careful about false prophecies as preachers coming. Because in this hour, they come in to trick you. Yeah. There'll be a lot of people messed up because they listened to someone else and they didn't listen to God. And you can go and tell them. They, they're not going to listen to you. They think you're just talking. This is what you want to do. It's not what I want you to do. I got some business over here my own to tend to with God. I got some coming up to do in God. I ain't got time to fool with you and what you need to do. So if he sent me to tell you what you need to do, I, I hope you listen. Because it's not what I want you to do. Yeah, I, I got my own cross to bear over here. <laughs> I got my own work to get done. I got my own enemies to love. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So it's not what I want you to do. It's what God spoke for you to do. Just like with Aaron and Moses. Going to Pharaoh, telling Pharaoh what God said. Pharaoh didn't have nothing for that. Who is God? I don't know him. Yeah, Moses says his mouth was dirty. <laughs> yeah. So no, I I don't have time to uh, play those kind of games. I'm busy over here. I promise you. Yesterday, I just wanted to see if it was another phone, cell phone, that really rang like this one was yesterday. I I, I had to keep going and say, give me a few. Give me a few. Give me a few. Sometimes to the same person, give me a Because they don't call me give, uh, back again. Give me a few. The harvest is plenty, but the labor is a few. We pray that the Lord of the harvest would send more labor. But again, this morning, I want to share this. We want to be mindful of the labor that he called and chose us for. And Lord, stir up the gifts in me. You stir up the gifts that you put in me. Let me be a harvest worker. Don't let me get caught up in the titles and into the building and how I look and how I'm going to present it. Now, let me get caught up in you, in obedience unto you. I want to obey you. I don't want to be up here doing my thing because it's no good. Yeah. It would be absolutely foolishness. Anything good I'm doing or done, God did it. Because without him, I can do nothing. Hallelujah. Amen goes right there. 
All right, we're going to one more request for the morning. All right, thank you, ma'am. I will play it. Let me find it right quick, and I will play it. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're going to this one. When we come back, the studio is open. If no one have anything they would like to say this morning, I will pray us out. Hallelujah.
radio not just for your ears, but also for your spirit. Jesus in the morning radio. And you're with Barbara. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day, Lord. This is the day that we have. Yesterday is gone and tomorrow I promise. But Father, we are here today and we ask that God, you would lead and guide us this day in the right path for your name's sake. Move for us today, your people, your children. Father, you are our master. And without you again this morning, we can do nothing. We need thee. Oh, we need thee. Every second, every minute, every hour, every day, every month, every year, oh God. We need you. Can't make it without you again this morning. Father, as we depart today, we ask that you bless our going out and bless our coming in. Lord, meet the need in our lives according to your riches and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. Many need money. Many need healing, oh God. Many need to have the right mind. Father, help us this morning. Some may need food. Some may need clothes, furniture, transportation, whatever it may be today, oh God. We ask that you would move this morning in a mighty way. Hallelujah. We thank you this morning. Even money, God, money answers all things. Many of us have heart desires that God it takes money to get it done. Open doors, make ways for us. Open the windows of heaven as we pay our tithes and offer no more and pour us out blessings we don't have room enough to receive. Father, even if it's a dollar, give us a dollar that we can plant a seed in good ground that it will multiply back to us. In the name of Jesus. Father, especially those who have ministry. And Lord, we're trying to spread the good news of you. Oh, do it for your glory in the name of Jesus. Ah, thank you, Lord. Thank you. We thank you this morning. And Father, we give you glory again, honor and praise. We worship you in spirit and in truth. Again, we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jehovah God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent, one from another, in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality, even if it's a scripture, even if it's a prayer. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you today, May the 17th, 2023, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So at this time, I'm going to say bye-bye and one more last song of the morning. And after this song, I won't be coming back. God bless you. God bless you today.
Just say. 